take a deep, long, slow breath in and exhale. And again, inhale and exhale. Finally, inhale and exhale. Welcome to the Mindful Music Pedagogy Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping music educators develop a balanced awareness of what we teach as well as who we teach. My name is Jessica Kebby, and if you like a direct, smart, kind, and sometimes humorous approach to music, education, and wellness, this is the place for you. Welcome to Mindful Music Pedagogy's Musician Interview Series. This episode is the second in a three-part interview series with singer and educator Sarah Tannehill Anderson. Sarah is a Kansas City-based musician and the founder of RaiseYourVoiceKC.com. In this episode, we discuss the beginning of Sarah's vocal education and career, unique challenges singers face, the importance of being vulnerable and cultivating vulnerability in our students, channeling emotions, and dealing with difficult life circumstances with and through music, and the drama of being a professional musician and opera singer. One of Sarah's and my favorite podcasts, Food Heals Nation, gets a mention, as does the incomparable Christine Gerke. If you haven't listened to part one, you can do that now to get caught up. So you you started young. You went to MSU or SMS now mm-hmm. MSU, yeah. right? And you did. You started out there as an instrumental. Yeah, I was a violin okay. um, education major. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, when I when I went there, I auditioned piano, violin, voice, mm-hmm. and I just thought, whatever I get the best scholarship in, mm-hmm. I'm going to major in that because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. I wanted to do it all. I wanted yeah. to do all three. Um, and I got a really good scholarship in, with violin. Okay. Um, I had a really natural, good sound. I was concert master of the orchestra in um, high school. Oh, cool. They gave me a scholarship to be principal second it, all oh, four nice. years, even after wow. I switched to voice. But my voice teacher, I'm, I'm sorry, my violin teacher, mm-hmm. she heard me sing in a concert because I was in the choir. And I have solo. And she was like, why <laughs> would you not do that you know ah. she was really she said I want you to stay in my studio I want yeah. you to keep playing who was your violin teacher there her name was Susan Deering oh yeah and do you remember her I remember her she was so um I'll never forget her because she was oh my gosh talk about mindful hmm I'm just realizing. well gosh I mean if she if she took one of her star students and said you need to be a voice major you would yeah. have to be I yeah I wasn't a star student I was Easy, though. Easy, though, to work with. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think she would have let that go. Yeah. Um, I only wasn't a star because I didn't have some of the technique to get me to the next level. And I had a terrible violin. Oh. It's all I could oh. afford. It yeah. was just not great. And it, it really marred what mm. I could do. I bought, like, about 10 years later, I bought a good violin. Yeah, like, I, I can go back now. Oh, no, <laughs> Finish my I violin degree. Everything. I regret everything. Uh. Take me back. Oh, but, um, so she, it's funny that we were talking about her because she had some mindful practices, hmm. um, that she implemented on me. And one of them, she's from California, this mm-hmm. blonde babe, and she ate all this like carob chips and she was like a total hippie. I love <laughs> She her. was a Food Heals Nation groupie she's before that was ever a thing. Food Heals <laughs> and like really watching what you eat and being healthy. Hmm. She glowed. 
And uh, she had a uh, her office didn't have a window, and she was miserable. She lived in California. Yeah, she she needed to be in the sun. Um, she one of the mindful things that she did that I still talk about to this day is, um, I had some uh, shoulder Mm -hmm. arm tension as most violinists do, but it was getting in the way of my fingering Ah, and my. Um, never my intonation, but my fingering and being able to Interesting. move. Huh. Yeah, it started. Just your like agility. My in terms agility. Of your fingering? That's okay. right. Mm. And and I was really um, overarching. Everything was oh. over. I was overdoing it, and it was right in the shoulder and kind of went down. And instead of her browbeating me about right. it, she would, as I was playing, mm-hmm. she would be writing in. Relax arm, relax arm, relax arm. In your music? In my music. Nice. And she would say to me, don't relax your arm, just read, relax mm. your arm. Because literally, that's all you need. It's an yeah. involuntary muscle. Yeah. You don't need to flex it or contract it or anything. You just need to tell your Think brain to relax it. Yeah. And that is vocal training. Hmm. beginning and end there is well, no, nothing you can see <laughs> right and do, do you <laughs> do you I, for me I feel like whenever we there's a negative thing that we're trying to fix like tension mm-hmm. thinking of course addressing it um, but then thinking about the thing you do want to do with that is for me that's what I need in my mind I need a positive yeah. track you know it's like if you have if you're going down the road and you have a a T in the road and you can make the choice to go down the, the route of tension or the route of no tension. You have to make a choice, right? Cause otherwise yes. you're going to go down one of them. Yeah. But it ha- that's right. Anyway, it goes the back to our track. intentions. I love that. I, I'm going to use that mm. positive track and it's, you know, with singing, it, it, it is so, hmm. man, it's, it's all about imagery. It's so abstract. Yeah. So abstract. Huh? It's, there's a mechanism in there that's real. Yeah. It's just that you can't see it. Right. And it's, it's nice like to know what, huh. what's going on in there. It's nice to know the biology of yeah. it. Um, but you can't like reach in and manipulate. <laughs> and if you did, I would imagine that would cause a lot of yeah. problems. <laughs> I you know what else causes problems <laughs> is, is only focusing on yes. that, you know, it, it, you can focus on the hows mm-hmm. and the whys and get everything figured out. You can have a doctorate in vocal pedagogy, mm-hmm. but if you, this is terrible to say, but if you have something holding you back, if you have a skeleton in your closet, yeah. if you have emotions that are blocking right. it. You it's know, not going to do anything. It, it, yeah. None of it, none of that knowledge does you any hmm. good because you have something. That's why I'm calling my business "Raise Your Voice." You have to raise it hmm. up and out, and you have to get it past so <clears throat> many energy points hmm. and levels. There's just a lot in there, and wow. all you have to do is yeah. think. You know, like yeah. Susan saying, "Raise, relax, not raise, hmm. but relax arm, relax arm." I just want to tell my students over and over again, just try it again. Mm-hmm. Just try it again this time with yeah. joy. This time with confidence. This yeah. time not thinking about Donald Trump. This time, <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad at your husband. How many things? Or, or stop, just stop telling yourself that yeah. you're not a good singer. 
Right. What's the point of that? Right. Exactly. Do we all have to be like the best secret? Right. What, what is the goal here? Right. <laughs> Isn't the goal here? Why to are you in a lesson to tell yourself that you don't deserve to be in this lesson? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's funny, and because that okay, that makes me think when you were saying earlier that for voice, you feel like sometimes the teaching does need to be a little more black and white, mm-hmm. as opposed to so much of what instrumentalists do, which is so, <laughs> in my case, literally black and white. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yes, it's so easy because we can see it and we can yeah. see the, the black and we can, and we can, we can see, see the, the black and the white and we can see how, you know, like you said, which finger is on which key and mm-hmm. the absolute direct result of our choices in terms of our physical movements. Yeah. Um, but I do think that for instrumentalists and maybe this is just me, but we don't think about what you're saying mm-hmm. in terms of kind of unleashing the musicality it does have to be from inside us and I think we know that but it because our instrument doesn't necessarily require that kind of physical connection that's right I mean it does but it, it does we, but it we can get by so, yeah. without not without without thinking that way sometimes you, I really believe that you literally can't get by right that way but you're right you could well, typewriter that piano and you know what that's there's a huge um that's always a point of discussion in in piano competition land mm-hmm. uh and i'm sure just in general piano mm-hmm. pedagogy you know what what when you go and listen and you see the results of certain competitions you think you can tell what they value more whether it's the technique or the artistry or um you know That's and funny. i just feel like why why do we have to separate that mm-hmm. but to get them both <laughs> at the same level is insane. That's really hard to do. It's so, really hard to but do. you have to be incredibly vulnerable, which is hard. And it's like nurture versus <laughs> nature and all that business. Right. It's kind of like, are you, if you're born a really emotionally mm-hmm. intuitive, connected person, or if you're nurtured to be that mm-hmm. way, that could, that could be the case too. Then you want to talk about that all day about right. your playing and your singing. But if you are, I don't want to say type A because I'm type A, but I'm right. extremely emotional. Yeah. But if you are that other side where you, you're, you're maybe, you maybe have a really hard time to even think about those things. You mm-hmm. don't want to talk about that. Of course. Yes. That's what's so beautiful about, about music though, mm-hmm. is that you have to have both. And so right. you build and you form and you grow both sides mm-hmm. of your brain. How do you feel like and, as kids they can do that? Because... They're maybe not all abstract thinkers yet, mm-hmm. excuse mm-hmm. me, depending on when they start, but we all have feelings and thoughts, you know, and how, like, well, I know you work mostly with adults, but maybe in your experience, like have, how you get those kids to think about those things. I have and, worked with, I worked with a high school, um, I had a high school voice studio for mm-hmm. maybe 10 years. Okay. And, um. Then before that, I did have like a couple years of teaching violin, piano, mm-hmm. voice to yeah. little kids. Um, so you would have more experience with this than I would. But well, this I, is a struggle. So uh, yeah, struggle. I'm curious what you do. I feel like you're onto something to figuring that out because um, what we were just talking about about you saying like, how do you want to view this piece this time? Mm-hmm. What do you want to think about? I can't even imagine my piano teacher having done something like hmm. that and how 
freaking cool that would have been. But me. would it have freaked you out as a kid? Or do you think you would have been I, like... Not me. No, not you, okay? Not me. I would have been like, oh, I love this. Let me draw you a picture. Because it's awesome. Um, I would have totally been all over that in a bag of chips. But okay. I feel like um, I know a lot of kids who would have been, I don't know. Yeah. But to make them do it mm-hmm. every or to presented mm-hmm. every time. I love your idea of maybe the second they come in, I'm doing this with adults, but yeah, do it with kids and see what happens. Like, right. okay, maybe not say set your intention because they would, that wouldn't be, they wouldn't know what that meant, but you could still say something to give them. Like, yeah. Okay. You could say, um, how do you want to play this today? Yeah. And, or even like you, you've <clears> seen those um, emojis where you could say, what's your mood yes, today? Yes. And you can like put the sad face emoji. And you're oh, like, that's oh, a good you're idea. Sad. We're going to make everything happy today. <laughs> or we're going to sit in our sadness. sadness. Yeah. That's right. Let's do something sad and really dive in. Yeah. Let the tears flow. Here's Kleenex. <laughs> um, it happens. Yeah, right. In my studio is currently out of Kleenex. That tells you something. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's so true, too. And it's great to hear, it's refreshing to hear that instrumentalists have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because singers, you know, it's part of it. You know what, though? I wonder if that's part, because we, you know, we have these stereotypes, which are shockingly which are true. Totally, yes. We are totally <laughs> saying that they're true. But I wonder how much of that plays in, like, you know, if we think, well, you know, if you're going to be emotional about things, Sarah, you need to be a singer. (laughs) And if you're not, then you probably should be a pianist (laughs) or a violinist or whatever, you know, and it's so true. I know. And when really it should be the other way around. Yeah. Right. You've got to work on this element. Exactly. You're not going to be... You gotta open up and yeah. Totally. I'm writing down your ideas, sorry. I'm oh, like no. I love that idea of having little emojis there on the piano That'd be for so kids. Fun. Just because they can't sometimes they can't articulate it or they can but they're scared or mm-hmm. it's just easier for them to be like, Yes, I picked this one for today. That's right. <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe anyway. like how do you feel now? How do you wanna feel mm-hmm. at the end of this lesson? Yeah. You know, so that there's like a, a trajectory yeah. and also recognizing um it's okay to be sad. In fact, it's right. important as a musician to yes. feel all the feels. And to know how to let that come through in your, yes. in your music. Yeah. Because we've you all it. met the robot, right? Right. We've, we've talked about right. this. You just talked about this. Um, the robot singer, not as many of those, but they, they do exist. And the robot musician, mm-hmm. um, instrumentalist who just... Um, they're a beast with their technique. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And they dive in and they practice six, right. seven, eight, <clears throat> nine, ten mm-hmm. hours a day, whatever it takes. And there's just, there's no emotion that gets mm-hmm. in the way, which looks very, very powerful. Hmm. But it is not powerful. Yeah. It's so much more powerful to have emotions. <laughs> yeah. And to feel them and to have the tears and to have the anger and the joy. All of that's important. And I would say that's important, not just as a musician, because aside from being a musician, you're a person and you're going to have a life mm-hmm. outside of music mm-hmm. That's right. that is going to be, it's your choice. It's a mm-hmm. good life or it's a hard life. And that's right. I'm and music, try, trying to say there, but <laughs> no, that's so true. But music is so healing, you know, it you can, can be, yeah, you can utilize that mm-hmm. and work through your emotions. Mm-hmm. I, I went through a divorce, um, 11 years ago. Didn't know that. Yeah, and um, I moved to Kansas City to start mm-hmm. a new life. I mean, I, I'd lived oh, here okay. in grad school, but I, I came back. 
because I really felt like this was the place for Mm -hmm. me. And I felt like every time I opened my mouth, it was, it started out as an aria and it ended in a screaming, like (laughs) (laughs) yelling moment. And I'm like, oh no, this is, is this really how this is going to go? Am I, every time I sing, am I going Mm -hmm. to push this rage button? Yeah. And, um, while all that was going on, this was maybe a month after we were separated. Oh, okay. So it was very So you fresh. had just moved. I had and just then, moved. Okay. I just moved into my new apartment. And was, was this just, for your master's or this, this was, was just returning? This was after I was probably 31 years oh, old. Okay. I was already, I'd been an opera singer for 10 Oh, okay. Six years or something we like that. We need to talk about that part too. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, That's going to be a good okay. mindfulness part too. Um, but I... When I came back, I just was like trying to put the pieces back mm-hmm. together, and singing was difficult. And mm-hmm. I got a phone call that I, you know, had to sight read this opera because they didn't have at the lyric they didn't have a soprano. They couldn't find anyone hmm. who knew the role. And I sight read it in an afternoon. I learned it in an afternoon, wow. and I performed it that night because the soprano was really oh my sick. goodness. And then I performed oh, wow. it again two two nights later, and it was. My, Which one was it? Can it I... was Hamlet. Ophelia. Holy moly! <laughs> she has a freaking yeah. mad scene. But I was, I was completely, you know, I was so, I was so out of my mind. With, yeah. With grief or weirdness, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if it was grief at that time. It was just weirdness. That it was incredible for me. Hmm. It just was like this moment of forcing myself to do something crazy yeah get my voice out there I feel like I've never sung better Mm. (laughs) because I I had to like work through all that quickly and get or put it on the side maybe even right um so when that was done I was fine Hmm. when that was over I could sing again without feeling like I was gonna, hmm. you know, kill somebody. But yeah. it was really, really tough, and that, that hmm. was a really interesting grieving experience. And I, I realized how important it was to work through all of hmm. those emotions: heart, soul, brain, broken heart, yeah. y- you name it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that was really. Hmm. It, it also healed me from the difficulties of my opera career, mm-hmm. which. Is difficult for everyone, but it, it was, yeah, hmm. it's a mixed bag in there. So that's, okay, I'm just thinking, this is interesting cause that you used a musical experience to work through it. Because for my, my, my natural tendency would be, and has been, to walk away for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and deal with that stuff, and then maybe come back when I'm feeling better about that's stuff, what I, which that's is what I terrible. To do too. That's totally what I want to do too. But then, you know, I, I was literally asked. Yeah, to do you didn't this. have time to think. Yeah, yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, I can sight read this. I know I can. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a really good sight reader. Mm-hmm. I can do the French too. I can do this. Nice. I totally yeah. want to do this. I'd already sight read an opera in Germany, a six soprano went down and I had to sing it, but it was extremely avant-garde. It was completely mm. atonal. And if I had been wrong, it would have been okay. Yeah. A beautiful, right. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was kind of held up mm-hmm. at, you know, it pushed into the corner yeah. to do this and it was, um, hmm. the best thing. It got me to my next, it got me where mm-hmm. I am today. Yeah. I say, but it really got me through. Hmm. 
so much. It really changed Mm. me forever. And then maybe it changed me knowing that I can work through emotions or sing through the pain, Mm -hmm. which is sometimes what people say. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you go back to opera singers, you see this a lot. They're, they live such dramatic, mm. traumatic lives, <laughs> most of them. Sorry, opera singers who are <laughs> listening to this, but you I do. think they probably all agree. Yeah, yeah I, I have The so moving, much... the rehearsing, oh the roles, gosh. I can't even imagine. The, mm. the uncertainty of the uncertainty, where your next gig is going to come How from. you're treated. You're yeah. treated like a queen. You're treated like a diva. You're treated like, <clears throat> per, you're, you know, like a stage performer, mm-hmm. like, a, like a circus act. Yeah. It is so difficult there's harassment there's Mm. you want to be harassed because you know you'll get that part you know Mm. this is so bizarre to me it's just such a bizarre bizarre world and there's there's a a little microcosm that you live in you you have six weeks with a cast they Mm -hmm. become your best friends yeah you put on this performance you feel like you you're never going to see them again this is terrible and then you move to the next thing and you forget about them and you go on to something else it's just like, it, it, it's a lot like being a circus performer. Hmm. It's very weird. And then on top of it, you're dealing with your voice at the highest level yeah. of singing. And it is such a challenge hmm. and so exhilarating and highs and highs and highs and lows and lows hmm. and lows. And you, you know, you, you get it, you're... I never got this, but you. Some people are getting roses thrown at them, and then the next second they're yeah. in their hotel, mm. and it's very quiet in there, yeah. and their family is miles away, yeah. and they don't know anyone, and it's like, wow, hmm. I now I'm nobody, right? It's it, well, hmm. again, I didn't, I wasn't this huge opera singer, but. Um, hmm. That's tough. It's really tough. Hmm. You still have to go and do your laundry yourself. And you walk down the street and nobody knows you. It's not like... I was thinking maybe is this like a little bit of Hollywood in terms of what you're saying. Just, yeah, you throw yourself into this project and then... And you have this recognition and you have this harassment or you... Yeah, that kind of sick... You know, please mistreat me because I know deep down it probably means you're mm-hmm. you're gonna pick me or you like me or you see something in me that yeah. could be developed, but it's, it's or, or so I've mixed ta- up. Yeah, you'll you'll take I'll take this um, <clears throat> this energy from you because mm-hmm. um, I want to be able to get work. It's attention, again and, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's attention, yeah. Mm. I, I being a soup, I'm a soubrette. Light lyric coloratura and soubrette means, you know, I don't know what those words, I know some of those words mean. (laughs) (laughs) Soubrette means, means the young ingenue Ah, who is young and perky and Mm -hmm. probably flirtatious on stage and (laughs) um, secretly very intelligent and usually changes. (laughs) Just like you. Baby, it is so. I mean, I love it. I'm sure most of my success as being an opera singer had everything to do with the fact that I am the quintessential Mm -hmm. because that really is you. I mean, and just in terms of you are very intelligent and also very perky and fun. Yeah, thank you. And you know, the the intelligent part of it, um, even though that's what a soubrette is, the the actual character, um, sometimes it's really hard for directors to remember that, Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of 
down playing down to mm-hmm. you and they they automatically think they you kind don't of understand. buy the the mm-hmm. the cliche that you're playing yes they do and um you know guys might think that you're ah. you know flirting with them when really no no my character <laughs> you dummy <laughs> too fast about I'm you actually really smart. <laughs> i'm actually interested in singing well <laughs> This was hard for me because I had a little bit of an ego about the fact that I could play the piano as well as that rehearsal accompanist. And I knew the note you were trying to find, Mm -hmm. this other singer. And, and, you know, I I felt like I was a really good musician in a situation where I'm like, boop, boop, Mm dee-doo, you know, singing, being cute on stage. And that's really fun, but I felt like I had so much more Mm -hmm. to offer. Light lyric coloratura is a different story where, yeah, okay. they're they're yeah. also coquettish, but it's crazy, high, <laughs> yeah. fast running, lots of virtuosic singing. And so... <clears throat> Tales of Hoffman. Tales of Hoffman, mm-hmm. yes. And, <laughs> Although she's kind of well, the doll. I'm thinking of the doll, but anyway. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's like yeah, every... That's kind of all of that. Yeah. It's like a dream. That's one, yeah. one stereotype of right. a guy's dream to have a doll who never says anything, a Stepford wife or, right. you know, all in that, all in that. <laughs> but then you're, you're sitting there having to be this cracker jack right. musician. Right. So it, I could see how it'd be confusing and you would get... Um, and also when I was an opera singer, I weighed like a hundred pounds. I was this oh, tiny wow. little thing who looked like she was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. It was really, you know, I was yeah. kind of late, late bloomers. So I was more like 26 to mm-hmm. 30. And also I didn't stand up for myself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, some of it was truly my fault. I, if I could go back. Do you think you like, could have and still have made it? I might've made it further because hmm. I might have not been so miserable. Oh, I was okay. so miserable. Huh. I was like, oh. Because of because I just didn't feel respected. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like people really knew me. I didn't feel like I could show my fullest potential Mm -hmm. ever. And now I get to with the type of Mm -hmm. music I sing. So now I realize this is where I should have been all along. And I'm glad I was an opera singer because I learned how to really. It's like the Olympics of singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) so many ways. So yeah. Um, all of that ended hmm. well. It's just, um, it wasn't a, a good fit for me. Okay. Yeah. And it is difficult. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a good question. If, if I would have stepped in and said that, I, you know, I need you to consider me this way or I, no, mm-hmm. don't talk to me like that. And I wonder, hmm. I wonder what would have happened if they would have been like next. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have been because I wasn't the voice that, Oh my gosh. I mean, I can sing yeah. higher than most people, but th- there's not a whole lot of use for that. That's just mm-hmm. really cool. So that, <laughs> and they would just rather deal with somebody who'd be compliant, maybe. I think so, hmm. yeah. If I had this really big voice that was just this ungettable get, that is when mm-hmm. people accept your diva behavior. Right. Um, because they want Maria you. Collis. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they want... Yeah. Christine Gerke, who's not a diva, she's Yay. amazing. She's so wonderful. But you know, her voice is one of a kind, mm-hmm. and um, maybe yeah. if she had to step up and say, 
listen. <laughs> All right, Christine, <laughs> if you're listening, take a tip from Sarah. <laughs> we love you, Christine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I performed with her in oh, okay. uh, Philadelphia. She was oh nice. Um, Rosa Linda uh-huh. and I was Adele in oh, the House. Very nice. And she was hysterical and beautiful and wonderful <laughs> and stole the show every night Aww. and yeah. That's cool. I've only heard very good things. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Thanks for listening to part two of my interview with Sarah Tannehill Anderson. I'm your host, Jessica Kebby, and stay tuned for part three. In that episode, we'll discuss auditions and rejection, the importance of knowing yourself as well as your students, the pros and cons of being an intuitive musician in person, how mindfulness is a part of Sarah's studio in a physical way, Byron Katie and her work, being judged as a musician, and best of all, funny audition stories. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please let us and others know. And don't forget to subscribe so you stay up to date with our latest episodes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mindfulmusicped, on Twitter at mindfulmusicped, or you can contact us at mindfulmusicpedagogy.com where you can also find other helpful resources.